You're listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. Oneofus.net and all of the shows on it are 100% subscriber supported. Please consider becoming a subscriber to oneofus.net. Keep the site and all of our great shows going and get some terrific bonus content as well. If there's one thing I've learned when looking for apartments, you get what you pay for. Sure, the rent may be cheap, but before you sign anything, ask yourself, is it a good neighborhood? Is the building up to code? Do your landlords appear sketchy? Are there strange voices coming from the basement? Is there even the slightest chance that maybe the house is haunted? These are the kind of things you need to know before you sign a lease. Trust me, just take that extra time to find a good place to live, and uh, remember, if it's too good to be true, it probably is. Anyway, enough apartment locating tips from Marco. I'm here to talk today about a brand new Netflix horror original called No One Gets Out Alive. And here to join me are some other likely tenants. Matt. Hello. Trevor. Lease with option to buy. (laughs) Always. And Adrian. Hello, hello. Well, gentlemen, I trust that you did not get devoured by the monsters in the basements of your apartments because you're here to talk to me today. So let's just dig right in. As I was saying, we're talking about No One Gets Out Alive, a brand new horror film. It's based on a novel uh, that's written by Adam Neville, the same guy who wrote the novel for The Ritual, a movie that was also adapted uh, to some acclaim. And now he's getting to do it again with a brand new crew. Uh, with a first-time feature director, Santiago Mengini, and uh, writers John Croker and Fernanda Koppel, who've adapted the novel into the screenplay that we got. You know something is up when the movie starts when you get a little bit of found footage showing an archaeological dig in Mexico in the early part of the 20th century. Then we leap forward into the modern-day era in the most terrifying city in America, Cleveland. (laughs) Ohio shutters. I can't think outside of maybe Howard the Duck how many other truly terrifying films occurred in Cleveland. We have Christina Rodlo playing Ambar. She is recently arrived from Mexico. Ambar had to move uh, over to the States to help her mother who was very sick and dying. Uh, she's now in the country illegally. And now that her mother has finally passed away, she's free to get on with her life and she's going to try to build back So she's trying to get a fake ID. She's trying to pass off as a citizen and she needs a place to live. And she finds this really, really creepy apartment building that really looks like an old mansion run by a guy named Red, who's sketchy as fuck. Red agrees to let her live there very cheaply, but makes it very clear uh, that he's got the advantage here. He knows that she's illegal and that she can't do anything about it. And as we see, there's some other people living in the building It's this weird place where only women are allowed, which should be a huge warning sign right there when creepy guy says, I'll only rent to women, preferably illegal. (laughs) Before long, uh, Ambar is hearing strange things all over the house, seeing things that shouldn't be there, things that appear like ghosts, visions of this frightening stone box. Something is clearly amiss, and she's starting to lose her mind. Uh, as she's haunted by visions of both the past and an unsettling present. Guys, what did you think about this movie? Well, something kind of cool about it, the first half of this, it kind of seems like a generic ghost movie. 
uh, to the point where I was kind of bored. Uh, it, it wasn't really anything that I haven't seen before. And even the kind of ghostly visions that she sees are kind of run of the mill. When this really gets going is in the second half when it turns into a different type of horror movie. And once you start finding out like, oh, this is actually not at all what we're thinking it's going to be. It turns into something that I would think is really cool. It just so happens you just you kind of have to get through that first half to see the little special nugget at the end. I'll say in that first half, I was way more invested in her immigration story than I was the horror aspect. I almost forgot that it was a horror movie until we get to, oh, wait, no, there's some sinister shit happening here. But, like, there is just some straight-up, like, good human drama going on just with her trying to function with a job, trying to find a place to live, trying to get her papers in order, trying to get an ID and how that can be wrought with pitfalls. And then on top of that, she has this weird supernatural element also playing out. I kind of thought they were going to be more explicitly hooked together. Like the, and Red does like, he obviously like targets a certain demographic to rent to, but I thought he was, they were going to turn out he and his, uh, uh, brother that's kind of the, uh, the brooding heavy figure in the film. I thought they were going to turn out to be, uh, like more explicitly hooked into trafficking, especially when they introduce those other two women later in the movie. Yeah, I, I agree with you because there was a moment where I thought there was going to be a trafficking angle. And considering how topical that seems to be nowadays, I thought, oh, of course they're going to go that route. But that's never really developed. And that's a very frustrating thing. Like Trevor, I appreciated the drama aspect in the first two thirds of this film which I thought were genuinely creepy and scary because it's real stuff. It's not that she lives in a haunted house. All of Cleveland seems to be haunted. Everywhere uh, Amber goes, she just seems to be dragging all of this dread with her because she is living in this constant fear of being discovered, of being deported, of being ripped off, not knowing who to trust. But then when you get to that third act, and depending on what you want out of this movie, that third act is either going to go, yes, thank you, finally, I got what I wanted, or it's going to make you question why you bothered sitting through the first two thirds in the first place. As a device, her legality does obviate a lot of need for like the normal, like, because she's, in particular, she's caught in a very specific spot where she doesn't even have the paperwork like the fake paperwork to work above board. Right. In this day and age, if you want to even like, if you were like, okay, F this haunted ass attic, I'm getting out of here. It's hard to go do everything with cash. You pay a surcharge and you yeah. get the stink eye and you get noticed. And and you can't go to the cops if someone tries to rip you off. Yeah. I liked how that neatened up the narrative and it answered a lot of those haunted house movie questions that are like, well, why doesn't he do this? Why doesn't he do that? Why doesn't he just kick its ass? You know, there's that constant thing in most haunted house films where it's like, why don't they just leave? And the film from the beginning establishes like, this is exactly why she can't leave. And it could be just kind of seen as like plot convenience, but it, it works out with the, with the whole message of the, the fear of being an, an illegal immigrant uh, here in America, especially how everything's kind of just designed to work against you. But I, I want to talk about like near the, not, not so much talk about the ending, but I, I personally, I do think it's worth staying for. I really liked where it went. I liked it because it gave me something 
I'm going to say I haven't really seen. Uh, there's, there's, there's something that happens at the end that I guess if you've seen the ritual, it's akin to this. Like, clearly this writer is a fan of different type of, I don't know, a- ancient mythology, uh, the horror aesthetic that lends itself to this film. But when, when everything was going down, I, I just caught myself going like, this is kind of badass. Like, I've, I've never seen something that looks this way. And I was all for it. So if, if if nothing else, I feel like it's worth staying for that climax. Because I think that climax is pretty fucking cool. There is a design aspect to the to the last third of this that really put me back in my chair and said, Whoa. And yeah, it's 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 a great payoff as a horror fan. And then there's just a lot going on subtextually about immigration, about being a stranger in a strange place. And not every immigrant here is uh, Mexican either, which was a really yeah. refreshed. Like, there are some girls who are Eastern Bloc. There's a girl who's speaking Portuguese. There's a girl, you know, it's it's a real smorgasbord of people. And it shows you that even though they're in the same situation, they may not have a common tongue between them to commiserate and operate. And so it's isolating. Yeah. And I think all of those just were a really good uh, recipe for a very interesting, very unique take on this story. And it's something that I think there was enough subtext there that I picked up on, but there's probably more that I missed and that I'm going to get on a, a second subsequent watch. And so that's that's where this is for me, is I anticipate watching this again and doing so with enjoyment. The design elements in the final act definitely are memorable. Whether you think it's incredible or you just bust out laughing at the sight of it either way you can't tell me you've ever seen that before so i give them credit for that uh it's hard in a horror film to offer up a genuinely new type of vision and yeah they showed me something i'd never seen before but i still felt like some of the mechanics of the plot uh were not fully explicated i think the uh antagonists they don't really come into focus until the final act you know, and I, I left with some questions, to be perfectly honest, but I do think with you, Trevor, I agree that it's strongest when it's operating as a commentary on immigration and the various problems that people have trying to navigate through a society that doesn't want them, that, you know, marginalizes them and makes them very vulnerable. Uh, I just wish that they had delved into it a little bit more because I think the film was trying to say something about the way those cycles of abuse and exploitation keep repeating themselves, but then we kind of get stuck with the mechanics of what could be some weird B-movie. I'd love to talk more about that final act, but to do so would involve going into spoilers, and I don't want to do that. Uh, let's go into our final thoughts, because no spoiler here, some of these guys have opinions, and we're going to listen to them now. Adrian, kick us off, please. You know, this this film, it, it does kind of contain a lot of the trappings and cliches of horror movies that have been I'd, I'd say recycled a lot recently especially in terms of what would what you would call a haunted house movie like a modern day haunted house movie this has all of that and for a while I was kind of bored about that much like everyone else here I was more interested in, in the in the drama aspect and aspect of it seeing how she's going to get out of this situation in terms of her immigration then I was really caring about this spooky ghost hotel. But 
I feel like that's almost intentionally done because what this movie turns into is not the movie it started as. And I really dug that. I like really, really dug that to the point where I would recommend people checking this out and sitting through it. And you know what? It helps that it's um it's a pretty short watch. I think it's just a little under 90 minutes. It can't hurt, and you're gonna see some cool shit and some spooky shit. It's just not too fantastic. Uh, so I'm gonna give this three and a half uh, cups of coffee that I cannot afford out of uh, five. Okay, uh, Matt. I actually like this quite a bit overall. Largely, that's because I I I really empathize with the main character. Like she sold it pretty well, and I liked the. Uh, the mythology is kind of deployed. I wanted a little more exposition about how the magic worked. Although I am glad we avoided the trope. You know, it would have been very easy for her to go to like a botanica and have like a old lady explain it all. And I'm glad they, they shucked that. I like the dynamic between the two bad guys, like the sort of George and Lenny, but actually Lenny is George thing they had going. They kind of present them as generic creepers and there could have been... A little bit of like, well, let's make this specific so you know, so it builds up to these guys being like what they end up being at the end, right? It could have been fixed like that. I really liked the design and reveal of the phenomenon at the end. It worked a lot for me, as did the ritual. And they really look like um, they could have had the same kind of design guy. And I wonder how much common genesis there is in these films with the same guy writing the novel. I was not bored in the first third, but I was worried that I was going to be bored by the end. And ultimately, it did pull back on the stick and fly away for me. I'm going to give it six and a half out of ten Makawaddle teeth that come in clutch. <laughs> yeah, that's a nice detail that I did appreciate because those things are scary looking. Trevor, what are your final thoughts, sir? You know, this really took me away, too, and uh, I want to give a shout-out to my girlfriend. We were watching this together, and we've watched a lot of movies this weekend. I've been doing a lot of coverage, and this uh, walked away with her personal favorite, hmm. which I think is saying something. Um, I thought there was a lot to engage with here. Um, once again, I think I was more interested in her story than I was necessarily the supernatural story, but by the end, I was pretty invested. Overall, it was a fun, scary interesting it caught me off guard a couple of times and i think adrian is right there are aspects to this that i personally have not seen before or if i've seen it before i haven't seen a lot of it and even to that degree handled with such uh skill and, and deftness i think there's some great design here uh, not just in the reveal at the end but also the overall look of the apartment things around the city the lighting the the Everything just seems very hopeless and very isolating and, and very gray and dreary. And that was all very effective for me. If I could say very more, um, <laughs> I guess what I'm getting at is this was really effective. And I'm going to give it eight and a half out of ten butterfly specimens. I wish I had liked it as much as you had, Trevor, because I think a lot of the same aspects that appeal to you are the ones that appeal to me. I wish it had just delved into that a little bit deeper. Actually, this seems to be part of a trend. I don't know if two movies makes a trend, but last year we reviewed uh, His House, which was another haunted house type story involving a couple who are uh, refugees. 
while they are a refugee is not the same as an illegal immigrant, they still share a lot of the same vulnerabilities and same uh, marginalization through society. And so that seems to be something that's definitely in the air that people are looking towards as inspiration. Just living your life that way, living on the margins, is anxiety-inducing. It's It can be terrifying. Uh, it really puts you in their shoes. And any time that uh, Ambar was dealing with her struggles, the movie really came to life for me. It's when we get back to the big house and it kind of has to go through the motions of being a haunted house film that I started to drift away. That third act does definitely help liven things up because suddenly you go, oh, wow, this is not what I was expecting. This is different. And whether you think different is good or not, I'm going to leave that up to you, the viewer. Uh, I had a good time with this overall. I just wish it had delved in a little deeper into its subject matter and had been paced a little stronger. Even at 90 minutes, I felt like it dragged at times. But I'm glad some of you guys really liked it because it is a good, worthy effort. I'm going to give it six and a half out of ten stone boxes that look like you bought them at Garden Ridge as a plant stand. Because <laughs> those are nice and fancy. Even if they do open some portal to hell or release some horrible curse... I'd still have that in my garden and have a nice planter standing on it because it's lovely. Yeah, it's got a really pretty design on it. Yeah, it's like butterflies and shit. Good portal to hell keeps the neighborhood kids at bay. Damn right. <laughs>